0: Four years ago, it seemed impossible we'd ever make it to today. We're all just processing these emotions, fear and grief, shock and disbelief. Four years ago, it seemed inconceivable we'd ever make it to today. Hopeless sadness and trying to figure out how to pull myself up. Four years ago, it seemed insurmountable we'd ever make it to today, but we did. Hi, and welcome back to the Front Porch Movement. A voice in civic engagement with stories that inform, connect, and inspire. I'm your host, Ted Canova. Four years of unprecedented divide. On one side, terrifying visceral fear. On the other, it was like the Wizard of Oz arrived. It was all so confusing, remember? Back then, I turned to two therapists. No, not for me. Although, no, no, I wanted all of us to get their professional advice on these raw emotions from denial and depression to helplessness and as one called, anticipatory anxiety. So now four years later and the tables are turned. So I return to one of those therapists, Dr. Susan Burnstone of Brooklyn, for her professional advice to help all of us once again. Susan, it's been four years, how have you been? Do
1: you really wanna know? How have we all been? I'm actually good.
0: Four years ago, you helped people who were struggling with the transition from President Obama to President Trump. As a professional, you've been dealing with patients. Has politics been part of the sessions?
1: Absolutely. I've been doing this work for over 35 years, but this has never happened before. This month, I have gotten several referrals Where the identified problem was actually strife and conflict in the family, specifically about politics.
0: Is there a way to solve it, or are we going to just become more polarizing and spending less time with people we disagree with politically?
1: What I've come to realize in my work is that I'm an interpreter. That i also help people to speak the same language we're not speaking the same language so when somebody who was not a trump supporter and speaking to a trump supporter and they thought they were talking about the same issue they were not they're not talking about the same thing they think they're talking about the same thing but they're not.
0: Can you give us a specific? I mean, is it masks? Is it Fauci? Is it vaccines?
1: Let's say in a family right now, one family member wants to have a big gathering and they say, you know, I really need to see you. I want all of us to be together. One sibling says, we all need to go to mom's house to celebrate. We all need to go together. We're all going to go. And let's say the brother doesn't believe in some of the recommendations from the CDC. And he believes that even if you get something, it's just a flu-like. It's not really going to have that major of a consequence. What happens is the son says, we're all going to go to mom's. The daughter says, we can't go. They're recommending that we not travel, that mom and dad are in their 80s. We can't go see them. So what happens here is that the person who believes in the science let's say it's the daughter and she's saying we could hurt mom and dad he's not saying i want mom and dad to die but the daughter is thinking you're trying to kill them but he's not thinking that so if you break down the issue and say look if you knew there was a real possibility forget what you believe if you knew that there was would you come Well, the answer is no he's going to say no but the problem is is that he's answering the question from without having the details of it and so you really want to get down to the nitty-gritty and it's like well you don't have to agree with it but this is where i'm coming from so that the understanding about what the opinion is is there
0: the brother could say the same thing that the sister isn't understanding it right and he thinks that he's in the right so it almost seems like those who support the science get to win in a family dynamic like that?
1: once people are heard, and it's really important that he gets heard and you say, why don't you believe it? And really question, not in an attacking way, but in an understanding way. Like, I'm curious, why is that? Where are you getting that from? Well, I see a lot of people that had it, they actually got it, and they're fine now. And maybe it's about, yes, but we know so-and-so that unfortunately, they didn't survive. Let's even say you're 99% right. I'm even gonna go with you. Science is inflated, but would you wanna risk mom and dad at the 0.1%? I don't really wanna do that. And so you see, it doesn't become, I believe in this, but you really want each person, you have to listen to them and to see where they're coming from. The other piece that's happened politically, we're all not privy to the same information unless you go out of your way to get the opposing belief systems information.
0: You know, four years ago, we were anticipating conflict after Trump got elected. So we're on the eve of Thanksgiving four years ago, and I spoke to you, and you said a lot of people are waking up from the denial state and going into depression. You were thinking that this was a very traumatic experience, just that Trump was elected was triggering people's unresolved traumas what happened during these four years clinically did they go deeper into depression for four years we saw a lot of people
1: that said all right this is where we are we have to accept it let's give it a chance. Let's see what happens. They ignored the meanness and would say, no, 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 I'm not looking at the tweets. And then the people who were so emotionally against him and just could not accept it at all were saying, I can't hear anything beyond the tweet. So see, we're looking at different things.
0: Really interesting. Four years ago, you advised people not to get caught up in what you called anticipatory anxiety of a Trump administration. That kind of went out the window, didn't it?
1: Yes and no. We needed to see what was actually happening and what was just inflated as untruth. So people who were able to do things regarding immigration, there was some real needs there at some points where people were able to be in a place where, okay, what's an issue that's important to me and what can I do about it? What protests do am I going to show up for?
0: So now that the seats are reversed in terms of Biden taking over, would you advise Trump supporters to also not get caught up in what you call the anticipatory anxiety of a Biden administration, save their strength to properly protest Biden?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and the important piece about this is to get the facts. And never before did we really see so much misinformation being reported. And so when I've spoken to people about their fears about a Biden administration, what I've said to them is, get the facts. If you're afraid that you're gonna lose your pension, that you're gonna lose your health care. Get the facts, don't just listen to the noise, go to credentialed, reliable professionals and ask them what's gonna happen and wait and see if that actually does happen, then deal with it. But don't sit and be in fear that it may happen, watch the policies unfold.
0: As a journalist for many decades, we grew up trying to encourage our viewers and our readers and our listeners to go out to other sources and learn But now there's so much information being pushed to you and you read and consume media that reinforces your beliefs. I want to go back to a third thing you said four years ago, and it's omnipresent in some ways because you use the word Zoom and we're all living on Zoom these days. But you said, Susan, that you thought it was really important rather than getting overwhelmed by the big picture, that we need to be careful to really Zoom in on what's happening, not just the noise.
1: I still think the advice should be to look at different sources, but you have to know your sources. If there's a person that we look up to in one specialty, that we need to be really careful. Like, I'm a therapist. I might give financial advice, but you really don't want to trust me when it comes to financial advice. Don't take my word over a financial expert.
0: Four years ago, as we faced Thanksgiving after the election of Donald Trump, and red families were being blended with members of their blue family, the advice was probably avoid the conversation at the Thanksgiving table. We may not be getting together the same way that we did four years ago because of the pandemic, but is it that easy these days to avoid conversations of not just politics, but also the pandemic?
1: There's lots to talk about, and I do think that Some families on Zoom, because that's what a lot of people will be doing, need to avoid the conversation. And you have to know yourself. So you're at a Zoom call or you're with your family that's in your little pod. What is triggering for you? Are you going to be triggered when someone says the opposite of what you believe? And if you think that you're going to get triggered and you're going to get mean or you're going to get reactive, then you want to avoid the conversation, especially because the pandemic raises our stress level. We are actually, as a country, at a higher level of stress than we were four years ago. And who would have believed that? So when stress levels are even higher then we need to avoid controversial discussions even more. And what, you know, you say, what are we going to talk about? Play a game. Focus on gratitude. Focus on the fact that we have, we have electronics. You know, if you're Zooming with your family, you know, a hundred years ago and this happened, we wouldn't be able to Zoom, there was no Zooming. So, you know, look at what you have to be, we're alive. There are a lot of people that are not alive that died this year. Be grateful, focus on gratitude. Think about funny memories. Lots to talk about other than the pandemic and politics.
0: Susan, you make great points. Gratitude, that's year round, right? That's just not around Thanksgiving. Something I'm really curious about as we wrap this up, we're going to face another year of uncertainty and look for the rest of our lives, we're going to win some and we're going to lose some. The presidential election seems to be the biggest thing in our lives and will be for maybe for the rest of our lives, right? There used to be things that were bigger or more equal, maybe because the political parties didn't seem to be so polarized that there was some common ground somewhere so knowing that as a society we are always now going to be dealing with really intense wins and really intense losses how would you as a therapist recommend we navigate this personally interpersonally and through the rest of society
1: it starts with the self figuring out what it is that i need how am i being affected what are my values Knowing what your values are can be really important. Now, we also know that a lot of what we do is based on unconscious stuff. It's making the unconscious conscious, identify your triggers, and do some internal thinking because most of what we do is unconscious. It's for unconscious reasons. So start to unravel that, unpack that for yourself. What are my values? Then are my actions consistent with my values. And that's one of the things that's also been important. So going forward, do you value compassion? Do you value being kind to others even if they disagree with you? And learning about the other person's perspective and what their situation is. As simple as these principles sound, they're really difficult to do and we forget to do that.
0: Well, they're especially difficult to do when it's a 10 alarm fire coming across, you know, Fox News or MSNBC right. on any given hour. But it triggers us to a point that it is the end of the world what happened in that hour.
1: When it's not, we're being triggered to go either into that fight, flight, or freeze mode physiologically, unconsciously, without even realizing. And you just gave a phenomenal example. You're watching a news program. And you know, maybe you need to stop. If you feel yourself going into that mode and being triggered, it's time to shut the TV off because we know too much news and being exposed to this is no good. But there's no right answer across the board. And not only that, it might be different for you week to week, day to day. Some days you might be able to like really need that and it helps you. And at other points, it's really not helpful. In fact, it's destructive instead of constructive. So you ask, how do we go forward? Number one, it always starts with know yourself, be prepared. And in doing that, You always want to do the routine that works for you. So how can you be prepared when there is that fire? When it really there is that alarm on the TV and then it's actually true, there is a pandemic. You wanna make sure that you do all the things that keep you really balanced. And the first three are true for everyone. They sound simple, but we forget. We need healthy food. We need sleep and we need physical activity. Then there are other things that everybody has in their toolkit, if you will, or their survival kit that they need to do. For me, it's journaling. I know that if I have not written in the morning for many weeks or if I'm feeling off balance, it's like, when was the last time that I wrote? Because that's grounding for me.
0: And Susan, for you, it's journaling. And for me, it's nature. And both of them are free.
1: That's so true.
0: Dr. Susan Burnstone, a Brooklyn psychotherapist, thanks so, so much for sharing your wisdom with us. And I guess I'm going to talk to you again in four years.
1: That will be great. Where do you think that will be in four years? I can't even imagine. But you know what? If I am going to imagine, it's going to be really good. We're going to we're going to imagine great things, visualizations.
0: Thank you, Susan.
1: Thank you so much, Ted. Great questions. You're doing great work. I really admire this work that you are doing. And thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure, Ted.
0: All right, we have our marching orders, whether we're blue, red, or anywhere else. Oh, and remember those voices at the top of this episode? It was Karen and Tom, and their words may be more powerful today than even four years ago when I met them. I invite you to listen back and hear for yourself. Thanks for listening to the Front Porch Movement, a voice in civic engagement with stories that inform, connect, and inspire. If you like what you heard, do us a favor and share it with your friends and family, give us a few stars, and write a review on your podcast channel. All these things will help more people find us. I'm Ted Canova. See you next time.